0: Good morning. It's great to see everybody here today. It's a, it's a beautiful Sunday to be worshiping together. Uh, this person never likes it when I say this, but I, I do want to express appreciation for Jim McDonald. Uh, Jim is, who's up here most weeks uh, making announcements and leading us in the pastoral prayer and I just really appreciate the way he handles that uh, and definitely appreciated his words this morning. When I was a kid, beauty pageants were still a thing that came on TV regularly. Back when I was a kid, we only had four channels. My, my parents didn't often spring for cable. So you were kind of stuck with whatever was on. And so I have these memories as a child of you know, watching the Miss America pageant or the Miss Universe pageant. And uh, I'm not sure if those things still happen. I think they do still happen. I don't know if they're still televised or how that works because I don't often find myself in a situation anymore where I'm forced to watch something that I really would not choose to watch. It it would be a bit weird, be a little weird if I stood up here today and was like, hey guys, you know what I was watching last night? (laughs) I was watching the Miss America pageant. I think you guys would be like, oh gosh, like we maybe need to get a different pastor. But as I prepared this week's sermon, a common joke from when beauty pageants were still more of a cultural thing, I was reminded of this joke. The judges in these contests used to ask the young women participating in them a variety of questions. And these young women would often give the same answer. It seemed like whatever the question was, the answer was always the same. And the answer to the question that these beauty pageant contestants would give was world peace, right? That's what these young women wanted. They wanted world peace. And the answer became a bit of a joke, both because it seemed pretty pretty insincere, um, but also because it was a ridiculous thing to say It would certainly be nice if world peace were a goal that could be achieved but even if it were even if it were it is not something a 19 year old with a lot of hairspray in a ball gown can bring about Today we are concluding our sermon series on emotion. The topic of this final, sermon may seem unrealistic to some. It may seem like a beauty contestant talking about world peace. We are going to talk about a perfected emotional state. It is difficult to imagine a life with no sadness, anger, or any other emotion. Is it as difficult to imagine such a life for us as individuals as it is to imagine a world of peace? Today's verses tell us such emotional perfection is not just possible, but that it is inevitable for all Christians. We can look forward to a future day where our emotions will be perfect. God will certainly bring this about. Please turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. We will read verses 1 through 4. That's at the very end of the Bible, page 977, if you're using the Pew Bible. Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Pain is an inevitable aspect of life in this world. Some of you, as you are sitting here today, are in pain. Pain takes on multiple forms. One such form is physical pain. What is the most physically painful experience you have ever had? My most painful experience happened when I was about 25 years old. I went over to a friend's house and he had this contraption. It was, a, it was a cylinder of wood, about that big cylinder, and then a board. And you were supposed to stand on the board on top of the cylinder and balance. And being 25 years old, I was really smart. And so I thought, I'm going to give that a shot. I bet I can do that. And I did so on a concrete porch. And as I got up on the board, I lasted maybe a hundredth of a second before the board shot out one direction, and I shot out the other direction, and I landed on my arm, and I remember just the lightning bolt of intense, intense, nauseating pain that struck at that time. And so, about a month later, when I went to the doctor's office, And the doctor came in the room after looking at my x-ray and said, when did you break your arm? I said, I broke it a month ago because I remember that pain really well. For most people, the amount of physical pain they feel has a tendency to increase over the course of their life. As our bodies break down due to age and infirmity, we feel pain from arthritis or, or cancer. Physical pain is often unavoidable for those who are living. In addition to physical pain, there is spiritual and emotional pain. What is the most emotionally painful experience you've ever had? I don't want to tell you about my most emotionally painful experience. I can look back on the physical pain I felt when I broke my arm all those years ago and laugh about it. I can't do so about the emotional pain I've experienced. If I was given the choice between never experiencing physical pain again in my life or never experiencing emotional pain, I would choose to avoid emotional pain. I bet most of you would do the same. The anguish of a broken heart is worse than most any physical pain. Unfortunately, emotional pain is just as much an unavoidable part of life in this world as is physical pain. It is an inevitable aspect of being alive. People you care for, they will disappoint you and they will die. The things you have prioritized will not be valued to the same extent by others. Pain is an indication that the world is not operating as originally intended by God. After sin entered the world, God came to Adam and Eve. He told them that because of their sin, they would experience pain. This pain had a physical element. The woman would experience pain in childbirth, and the man would experience pain through the thorns that would tear at him as he worked to provide. The pain being described in the curse of Genesis 3, it's not only physical, though. It's spiritual. And it's emotional. The pain all people feel is a taste of, of living death. Every part of our being wants to flee from pain if we can. Pain is the harbinger of death. There is no place in the present world where we can be free from pain. People have tried to find a place free from pain. Some have looked to free themselves from pain by crawling into a bottle or self-medicating with some other substance. Others try to avoid pain not by fleeing from it, but by by building a utopia for themselves. Pain cannot be avoided however much a person may try. Avoiding pain may work for a time, but when... Pain is not dealt with. It it tends to grow. It tends to metastasize. Every utopia people have tried to create, whether it is a political paradise or a physical paradise, is eventually undermined by pain that cannot be kept at bay. As Christians, we look forward to a time with no more pain. Physical, emotional, or otherwise. Verse 4 of today's text tells us a time without pain. It is coming. It says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. That sounds wonderful. No more crying or pain. The complete absence of that which immeasurable human effort has been spent seeking to avoid. It is hard for us to fathom what such a life would even look like. The text is not saying that we will be numbed from pain or distracted from it. Pain will cease to exist. A question that inevitably arises when the topic of the resurrected life with our Lord and Savior comes up is what will we remember? Can we have memories of our present life in a future resurrected life without pain? It would seem impossible for both to be the case. Some of what causes us chronic pain is the regret we feel for our personal failures. The greatest source of potential pain that would come with memory is remembering those we have loved that are not with God. At different times, I've had people say to me that if heaven doesn't include a certain loved one, they have no interest in being there. I even had someone say this to me about a pet sometime, that if their beloved pet were not there, then they would not want to be in eternity with God. I certainly, I understand the logic. It seems like an eternity without pain would require the absence of memory, a hard reset. We would need to be wiped clean. But there's nothing in scripture that supports that this is what will happen. In fact, the opposite is true. When the dying thief asked Jesus to remember him, Jesus doesn't say, you know, I'm gonna forget all this. I'm gonna remember nothing. He says, I will remember you. After death, we will still very much be ourselves. And our memories are a key component of our personal makeup. Whatever the case may be, in eternity, we will be restored and made whole emotionally. Our pain will be removed from us. Pain will no longer be a part of our experience, for the former things have passed away. All that brings pain upon us in the present will in some way no longer apply in the future. God will wipe the tears away from every eye. It is impossible for us to fully imagine what this removal of pain will be like. Our pain cannot simply be erased. We will be restored. How this works has been a topic of exploration by some of the greatest minds. In the book, The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis has one of the characters explain eternity to another. The one doing the explaining says, ye cannot in your present state understand eternity. Eternity. That is what mortals misunderstand. They say of some temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for it. Not knowing that heaven, once attained, will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. And of some simple pleasure, they say, let me have but this and I'll take the consequences. Little dreaming how damnation will spread back and back into their past and contaminate the pleasure of the sin. Both processes begin even before death. The good man's past begins to change so that his forgiven sins and remembered sorrows take on the quality of heaven. The bad man's past already conforms to his badness and is filled only with dreariness. And that is why the blessed will say, we have never lived anywhere except heaven and the lost. We were always in hell and both will speak truly. J.R.R. Tolkien has Sam and Gandalf express a related thought at the end of the third Lord of the Rings book. Sam says, Gandalf, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? What happened to the world? A great shadow has departed, said Gandalf, and then he laughed, and the sound was like music or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam that he had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment, for days upon days without count. I'm not 100% sure that either of those quotes is completely theologically Accurate. I do think Lewis and Tolkien are grasping in the right direction. Somehow the restoration of God stretches back through eternity, even into our present pain. The key to understanding our future state is not understanding how we will relate to our past or the world, but understanding how we will relate to God. Verse 23 describes the future we will have with God. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. God will dwell with his people completely. This is the culmination of the work of Jesus Christ. Matthew one twenty three, echoing Isaiah 7.4 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus came into the world to be with us. He came to spread God's presence. There was a limit to the extent to which he could do so as a result of taking on human form. After Jesus' resurrection, the Holy Spirit was sent to be God with us in a new way. Through the Holy Spirit, God is very much with us today. Our own sin and the brokenness of the world still inhibit a full realization of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In the new heaven and in the new earth, God will fully dwell with us. It is through this dwelling that all pain is transformed. We will be made whole. Our mourning shall be turned to dance. God himself will be with us as our God. No pain in this world can compete with the presence of God. The goodness of God is complete. The greatness of God is absolute. It is reasonable for us in the present world of pain to think about how much better everything will be in eternity. This is no doubt true. The physical descriptions given in the Bible describe a place of absolute beauty. Later in chapter 21 of Revelation, it describes the eternal city of God, which is what we mean when we say heaven. Its radiance is like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of Of jewel, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is the Lamb, Jesus Christ. The physical descriptions of the heavenly city communicate a spiritual reality. Order will replace chaos, perfection will replace pain. Peace will replace war. The promises of God will be completely fulfilled. The reality of dwelling with God helps us move through the pain of the presence. We will not always have pain. Our physical bodies will be made whole. Our our emotions will no longer be dependent on the matters of this present world. In John 16, Jesus explains to his disciples what is going to happen preceding his crucifixion. He knows what is coming is going to be incredibly painful, both for him and for them. He then says... I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We can look forward to the future with confidence because the victory of Jesus Christ, which results in the dwelling of God with man, is guaranteed. Jesus has done it. It is only a matter of time. The certainty of what the future will bring matters to us in the present. Our present emotions should reflect our hope in the inevitable future God is bringing about. However bad things might be in the present world, and Jim highlighted it, there's a lot of of bad things going on. We can know that this world and its pain and its suffering is passing away. All those who know God will know the perfection of his presence. We will be emotionally perfect. Every tear will be wiped away. In the introduction to this sermon, I talked about the silliness of beauty pageant contestants from the 1980s saying they wanted world peace. This was a ridiculous answer because these young ladies, however well-intentioned, They had no ability to bring about world peace. They lacked any power or understanding to bring about that which they spoke. An existence of perfect emotion seems equally impossible. The difference is that God is able to bring about that which no person can He is the source of all goodness. Christians look forward to a day when the impossible will be brought to fruition. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. The inevitability of what God is bringing about through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a source of comfort to us as we move through this broken painful world until that future day when we are perfected physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that we can have hope, Lord. As your people, you have given us a source of hope in Jesus Christ, that Jesus has overcome the world, that you have given us the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, as we hope for that future day, as we long for that future day, Lord, I pray that that hope impacts the way that we live in the present. That we realize that the pain and the trials of this world are temporary that you have overcome them that you are overcoming them and that one day that we will experience the perfection of your presence i ask all these things in jesus name amen we will now stand to